Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time it is that you Inky Savages are joining us for episode number 136 of the Penboy Roy Pentertainment Podcast. Thanks again for joining us. I got some stories to tell today. I'm really excited about talking about it today. I'm even more excited about the episode following this week. We're going to have a, a doctor on. It's going to be really cool. But before we get started with my story that I have to talk about, and Tom has some pens he wants to talk about, so we'll dive into that after I go into a, a tirade. But before we get into that, let's talk a little bit about what we talked about last week. We talked about the Girologio leather pen cases and how cool they are. And I took a look at them and they are pretty cool. I think I really want to get me one of these suitcases, these briefcase pens. I can hold 96 pens. The 40 pens. pen one or the, the, yeah, no, the massive? No, the 96 one. Yeah, oh, the, the massive. Yeah. And that's going to be really cool just to carry around like a huge fountain pen nerd, which I am. And, and get like a handcuffs that, to like chain it to your wrist. Yeah. I'm going to, so I'm going to call it the football. I'm going to get a pair of handcuffs, put one on my hand, and then put the other one on the briefcase handle. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, as a matter of fact, Girologio, if they knew any better, or if luxury brands of America knew any better, that's what they would do. They would include a free pair of handcuffs because there are people who are going to throw in 96 pens. They're going to fill that pen case, and they're going to fill it with expensive pens. So that thing yes. is as important as the nuclear football. So Girologio Leather is, as they said last week, one of the best leather companies that makes pen cases for your pens. And you can go from a single pen case to, I think they have a 48 pen case, but why stop there? Go 96. If you're going to go, go nerd, big. go full-blown nerd. And the fact that it's an actual briefcase is what makes it even cooler. So if you're looking to get storage and you want to have a solution for your pens that is travel friendly, you have to check out the Girologio pen cases. You'll be glad you did. That's what it actually says in the copy. It actually says, you'll be glad you did. So it must be true. So check them out at your favorite retailer. Now, even though your favorite retailer is Goldspot Pens, Goldspot Pens doesn't actually have this yet, but they are going to because they are an awesome retailer. And since they're an awesome retailer, I want you to check them out at the affiliate link in the description below and take advantage of coupon code ROY at checkout to save yourself an additional savings on products on the Goldspot website. Now, there are some exclusions that apply with certain brands, but for the most part, it does work, and just give it a shot. Why not try and save yourself money? And then finally, I want to talk about my good friend Neil over at brlcoffeeco.com. brlcoffeeco.com. BRL stands for Beans Rhymes Life. So Neil is actually a DJ as well. He loves beans, he loves music, and he likes rhyming. And he likes life, so brlcoffeeco.com. And be sure to use coupon code ROY at checkout for an additional savings on all products on the brlcoffeeco.com website. They got some pretty awesome beans. I just had my office receive a bunch of sampler packets, and they are just loving the coffee. I told them I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring in a five-pound bag of one of the four flavors that they like the most. 
they're having difficulty choosing which one they like the most. So I might have to just step up and I might have to make the decision for them. Anyway, please be sure to check out brlcoffeeco.com. Check out the Gold Spot affiliate link in the description below. And wherever you can get them, get the Girologio pen cases, especially if you want to travel. And you may be traveling soon because the Long Island Pen Show is coming up. We are going to be there October 15th. That is a Saturday. I'm going to have some friends in tow. Tom's going to be there. We're going to just have some fun. And also, we're going to bring all... All of the Penboy Roy Fountain Pen Review Channel t-shirts to give away to anybody who comes up to us and says hello. And we might also just drop some off with vendors there, here and there, to pass out for us. because We may just give them out to people randomly on the sidewalk just to get rid right. of them. And if, what is it, Hofstra University, if they run out of toilet paper, we might just throw those in the bathroom too. We so could before just throw they them become, at their student store, you know, and just have them on, on there. Just say, just sell them for whatever you want. We'll give them to you right. for free. No problem. Right. So before they become toiletries, be sure to come up to us and say hello so we can give you a free T-shirt. So that's all I have for sponsorships and talking about news and all that stuff. So we're going to get on with episode number 136 of the Penboy Roy Entertainment Podcast. Thanks again for joining us. But before we get started... I just want to give you guys a quick disclaimer. This podcast is not scripted and therefore will contain potty mouth words, both from Tom and I, mostly from me. So be forewarned, you have been warned. Now, on to the podcast. The Penboy Roy Entertainment Podcast. Stage seven. So I was at Hudson Yards in lower Manhattan the other day, and I was craving me some coffee. Now, being that BRL Coffee Co. doesn't have boutiques or little cafes, I just swung by a com another competitive coffee company. It's called Blue Bottle Coffee Co. Have you ever heard of it, Tom? I, it sounds familiar, but I have never had it, I think, before. Mm, okay. So it's nice enough. It's a nice enough stand. It's got its own theme. It's cute and stuff like that. So me and my friend, or my friend and myself... We decide we're going to try the coffee there. I love giving people a shot. I love trying coffee. I love trying different yeah. types of coffee and stuff like that. So we order two lattes. Comes out to about $13 and change. Okay. So I pay 15 bucks and I tell them, hey, keep the rest for your tip jar. So they're like, okay. okay. We wait around. We wait around. I don't know why I'm talking like I have no teeth. But we excuse me, we wait around and eventually our lattes come out. I take a sip of mine and I'm noticing it has this like weird nutty flavor that I'm not familiar with. It has like almost a pasty quality to it. So I take okay. a few more sips and as I'm taking a few more sips, I'm like, dude, this, this latte tastes different. What is this? What do they use for the dairy in the latte? So this is where I'm going. Okay. So my friend's drinking it and he goes, dude, I think they used oat milk in this. So I'm like, why would they do that? Like, don't they usually upcharge for oat milk? And secondly, why would they use it without even asking, right? Right. So what I ascertained was it's not a standard for that company. They don't just use oat milk as a standard, right? Because okay. if they did, maybe I didn't read the menu or something like that. So I go up to the guy making the lattes and I'm like, hey, bro, let me ask you something. What did you use in this latte? Did you use oat milk? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, well, why would you use oat milk? He's like, oh, because we ran out of whole milk. 
I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, well, don't you think you should tell somebody that before you just yeah, go ahead and up. use it and they ingest it? For me, you know, I, I don't do carbs. So, I mean, I only had like five or six sips. It's not the end of the world. Maybe that's like, I don't know, five to ten carbs. It's not gonna, It's not going to kill me. My concern was, what if somebody is gluten intolerant? What if somebody's allergic to oats? What if somebody has celiac disease? They can't have the oat milk. You can't just assume that people are just going to be okay with oat milk, right? Yeah, and taste-wise, so, like you said, it's immediately noticeable when you go from whole cow's milk to oat milk. Mm -hmm. Very, very noticeable. Right. So for me, oat milk is clearly not ketogenic friendly. So I'm like, listen, I can't drink this. And he's like, all right, well, what I can do is I can remake it for you using half and half. So I was like, a latte made with half and half. Huh. Okay. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to decline the latte. Just give me a black coffee. So they're like, yeah, sure. Here you go. And they didn't offer to refund me the difference between a standard cup of black coffee and mm -hmm. the latte. I There was a line. I didn't really want to inconvenience people that were waiting and I didn't want to be a pain in the ass. So just I just turned around at that point, but like, guys, they don't have any regular milk. <laughs> right. <laughs> don't order the latte unless you want oat milk in your latte. <laughs> yeah. So I just took the coffee and I left and I'm upset with myself for not addressing or correcting it. It is what it is. I paid what 750 or more for a regular cup of coffee. I don't know what a regular cup of coffee is at Blue Bottle Coffee Company. I'll Let's never know again. I'm never going to go back there. I'm never going to order from them. Why would I when I have access to brlcoffeeco.com? But why would you? My concern is what if somebody really is legitimately allergic or has a health condition where they can't have oat milk? I'm just baffled by the fact that they would just serve up oat milk without notifying the patron first. Now, is that something that happens commonly? Like you go to Rook Coffee Company. Mm -hmm. If they ran out of whole milk, would they tell you or would they just go ahead and serve you an alternative without telling you? No, see, uh, just, to, just first to address the pricing, uh, I'm looking up the uh, menu. Uh, I found it on the website uh, for okay. 54th. 54 West 40th Street, so I don't know if this may be like a different one or whatever, but mm -hmm. uh, Cafe Latte goes for 425 and a drip coffee, if you went with the cheapest one that's not a limited release, is $2.90. Okay. So, grand, so not, not major in the grand scheme of things, but still no, but, would have but liked I, like to I have said, that addressed in some way. Yeah, but like I said, I paid $13 and change, and then I even left them the change of $15. What did I pay Maybe they for? threw in the upcharge for the oat milk and didn't even bother saying that, too. What does it cost with oat milk? It's uh, they, don't, they don't have it on here. Hmm. That's really so. weird. Like, I don't even know what... I, you know what? From now on, I'm going to be more diligent about when somebody charges me for something. I'm going to look at it and be like, what am I paying for? 
Because usually but, you do have to pay extra for for oat or almond milk. I know that's true with Starbucks. With Rook, mm-hmm. it's not. Rook, it's like if whatever dairy you want to put in it, it's the same price. Whatever type of sugar you want to put in it, same price. They don't change it. It's great. It's more expensive, I think, overall to begin with as a, mm-hmm. a with a standard cup of coffee there. But they don't play the game of like throwing in up charges for different types of, you know, stuff right. that you put in it. And what really bothered me is the principle of the whole thing. They responded with a, oh, well, too bad type of attitude. Mm-hmm. And they didn't really seem to care that they, one, possibly, I mean, if they did charge me more for the oat milk without telling me, that's just messed up. Two, they didn't seem to care that I wasn't happy with the oat milk latte. And mm-hmm. they didn't even consider... I didn't ask. That's on me. Everything is on me. I'm not, it is what it is. I'm going to move past it. But I just wanted to share that story. But it's on me for not asking for the refund. It was only a few bucks, but still, money is money. And the thing, I think the thing that really upsets me the most and makes me feel the most slighted is the, oh, well, too bad type attitude. It wasn't when you were given something that wasn't even it's 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 not I mean, if they were, let's say, a vegan uh, coffee company. Right. I mean, they and, might be. Look, that up. was Does like their say... main thing. No, I don't right. think so. But I mean, like if that was their thing and you didn't know going into it and that's all they had was oat milk and almond milk. Right. They didn't have any dairy milk. Then I could say, okay, well, then that attitude of, oh, well, was just kind of like buyer beware. You should have known you were walking into a vegan coffee shop. But most people would assume that when they order a latte, they are getting regular dairy milk in their latte unless they specify otherwise. Right. And they also had half and half. So it's not a vegan place, right? Because half and half uses uses non-vegan products. So if it was a vegan place and... They use oat milk. Shame on me. That's, it is what it is. I should have read the menu more carefully. But it wasn't a vegan place because they had non-vegan products. Right? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I, I just assume that if if you're going to upcharge someone, let them know. And if it's not an upcharge or it happens to be just more expensive because of the location, fine. But at least say, hey, listen, I'm really sorry we used that. We should have told you. You want us to refund you? I would have literally said, no, don't worry about it. Just give me the coffee. But I would have been, no, I, I wouldn't. No, I, I'm not going to even say that. Cause like, cause like I would have probably done the same exact thing as you. <laughs> but I'm just saying if I had, if I had the mean streak, like if I wanted to really put this, put the screws to this guy, I would have been like, I want the refund of the difference and I want my tip back. Oh, that would no. have been like, that would have been like extra yeah. douchey right there. Right. I, I don't know. Yeah. It's not, that's not, I should have tipped them afterwards. Right? And then, and then a video of you doing that will be surfacing somewhere as like, Hey, look at this Kevin on this coffee shop line arguing about his milk latte. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's just not who I am. I mean, I'm just, um, it is what it is, but let's move on. Hey, you wanted to talk about some Conklin pens. Oh, if you want to talk about pens that are ripoffs. <laughs> <laughs> wow! You want to talk about getting ripped off about pens. All right, uh, let's hear about it. I don't know what pens you're talking about or what you're gonna say, but shit, let's hear it. You want to talk uh, about? That was a pretty harsh statement. Oh, let's I hear mean, it. Let's I'm see. just kind of. I'm trying to do my best at doing the whole like 
you know, transitioning into a different topic and, and kind of uh-huh. leading into it from what we were just talking about. But, okay. you know, I guess I guess that might be like a little bit unfair, but we'll we'll see. You you tell All me. Right. OK, uh, let's say share this here. So we're going to take a look at the Conklin Nozak Classic Word Gauge 125th Anniversary. This is a uh, this is kind of a, a brainchild, if you will, between I think Conklin or the Alpha Pen Company and Dante Del Vecchio. Uh, really, I I'm pretty sure he had his uh, he had his work in with this. I'm just making sure I'm like looking at it here correctly. So um, I'm looking at I'm looking at it. Looks like it's a possible Dante Del Vecchio. Are we sure it's a Dante Del Vecchio brainchild? I think. so. So let me just double check here. So if you're if you're seeing the screen here, you're you're kind of like, oh, okay, a twelve hundred dollar Conklin pen. What's Whoa. what's going on here? Uh, yeah, that's the first thing that kind of just slaps you in the face, right? So yeah, yeah. So it says the design features three D technology implementation combined with exquisite materials and processes to bring to life the extraordinary design concept developed by pen genius Dante Del Vecchio. I think that genius at this point is is starting to I feel wear itself a little thin in terms hmm. of a definition. Where are you reading? Where are you reading that? I'm looking down at the below here at the description. Hmm. Oh, okay, I see it. So, so this is this is essentially this is a, a an aluminum piston fill pen that has an ink window, and it has a, a rudimentary system of initials roman numeral initials that's supposed to gauge the amount of words you have left in your pen to write with with the ink supplied inside Mm -hmm. it has a 14 karat gold nib okay and it says supposedly and i'm looking at it here conklin classic 125 adds a brand new mind-blowing filling technology the fast filler unlike all other piston filling predecessors the fast filler activates with a single turn to fill the pen to full and does so up to five times faster than any other piston filler what does that sound like to you if you were to let's say use an existing technology that already is in place it sounds like a vacuum filler right like how is this how is that any improvement over a vac well Listen, there's there's so many things we can talk about, but let's let's address that since you asked it first. Right. It says that the fast filler fills with a single turn. So every vacuum filler that we know is you turn it a bunch down. of times. Yeah. No vacuum fillers. Oh, you. T- oh, no. I'm saying, yeah, I was, oh, sorry. I was, I was thinking piston fill. Were you saying that? Hmm. So I'm wondering what kind of technology it is. Like, what what is this? I don't understand. You turn it once and it fills up. I guess I, I, there's no, there's no video to kind of show. And actually there was, there was, and I was a little suspect of it. Let me bring it up. Uh, let's see. I'm going to bring it up on the, cause I did see it on, I think the Conklin pens, Yaffa or not Yaffa, but uh, on their Instagram page. Mm-hmm. Let me see if I could pull that up here. I mean, not for nothing, the pen does look cool. It looks like some sort of futuristic alien technology kind of thing. I could do without the word gauge part. So they basically melded the word gauge and the Nozak and 
the Paniter like metal concepts. So this right? is a. Uh, let's see if I can play this. On. Are you seeing that there? Right, I'm hearing, I'm hearing Britney Spears, and I don't know the relevance. You can ooh, the ooh, but do you see that? You see that? Actually, okay. So I'm gonna describe this for people who are not watching. Lower right the volume. Now. Just hit the mute button because I can't. It's just too loud. All right, sorry. Um, I I didn't realize it was actually like you were actually hearing that on your end. It just it didn't sound like anything on mine. But this is kind of like a a hands-on, you know fumbling around with it not necessarily demonstration because you don't see it right nor do you see it fill but i thought was very interesting on here is that when the cap come where i think it's coming up right now when the person is unscrewing that see that see that where it's unscrewing and it's not going all the way you saw the piston head go with every screw just like with any other piston fill mechanism that you've ever seen in your entire life mm -hmm. that's that's what bothers me Mm. That's that's what really really bothers me about this because that just looks like any other piston fill. It had nothing else going on with it. That piston was moving with every turn that that person was making, and that's something very subtle that only a super anal experienced fountain pen enthusiast would see. But for somebody who might be like falling in love with it from the angle of like, oh my gosh, this is a uh, you know. Uh, amazing 125th there's only 125 pieces of each pen they may fall in love with all this extra marketing mumbo jumbo but like what what really is this for 1250 dollars? what is this well so here's my take on it i think that's going to be a tough sell it's going to be a tough sell because conklin they don't do well over the 150 price point they're no, and that's secondly, their bread and butter. I don't mind it for that much. Like a hundred, hundred and fifty is a, a great price point. I think for because it's it's a well made pen, a good acrylics. It's got the it's got a Yovo stainless steel nib, whatever. It, it's you know, and they have some interesting design ideas where that harkens back to, you know, the 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 vintage models of yesteryear. This kind of just takes on its own life and of course its own occupied price point which is just way right. out there it's it seems it seems odd it seems like an odd decision like this would have been better off as a yaffa brands exclusive paniter if they just read yeah i would it. say so i, I think have... that they could get away with this with a with a paniter i could see this happening mm -hmm. uh you know but still i i'm not sold on this fast filler nonsense i yeah, think this so... is this is another one of those like you know, a puffery sort of phrases. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm sorry, because like, I have a lot of respect for, uh, for Yafa, for Yair, you know, I have respect for Dante for his past achievements, but this just feels to me not right. Right. So here's what I'm thinking. Let's talk about the piston. So I think you have to turn the piston to get the piston O-rings to actuate and move all the way up top to the, to the front of the, or to the back of the section which right. is like any other piston, like you said. I'm assuming, and I could be completely wrong because I don't have the pen in my hand, with one turn in the opposite direction, there's got to be some sort of spring-loaded mechanism that just causes that piston rod with the O-ring to shoot straight back, causing a vacuum that causes the ink to fill. Oh, right? so you're saying that it's a, it's not it's not a one turn in the sense of advancing the piston head to the front 
it's the one turn to make it come back to draw right. the ink up. That's that's what I'm assuming based on this video, and that's all I have to go on. Yeah, that's all that you have you, to go on. Yeah, you have to rotate the piston knob, I guess counterclockwise, to get the piston to move all the way up, and you do that like any other piston. And then one turn to the right or clockwise will cause it to snap back, causing a vacuum to suck in ink very quickly. Mm -hmm. Right? Which is a halfway cool idea relative to the marketing material, right? So if the marketing material was true and it was just one turn and it would somehow just suck up ink with just one single turn and that's all you had to do, that would be truly innovative and something we've never seen before. But that doesn't look like what we're doing, what we have here. It's It do, certainly does not seem that's what the case is here. So the marketing material is a little bit misleading halfway in that it does require more rotations to fill it than one. And then it's halfway not misleading if what I'm saying is correct and if what I assume is correct where you just rotate it back the other way and it just causes a suction effect right. right by snapping back the piston the other thing that i have to wonder is okay so it's where does it say it it says it's five times faster it fills five times faster than any other piston filler right how do they know that what did they do did they sit there with a whole bunch of piston fillers and time them are they just making up five times faster arbitrarily because as far as i know as far as i can see if you have to rotate the piston all the way up like any other normal piston filler for the first half, and then you're saving on the second half in an instant, great. That's not five times faster. That's mm -hmm. twice as fast. You know what I'm saying? Right. So let's say it takes three seconds to actuate the piston and move it towards the section. And then another three seconds for any other piston mechanism, like let's say a Twisby, Twisby Eco, to fill it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's a total of six seconds. Now with this new 125 Conklin, let's say it takes three seconds to actuate the piston and move it all the way up, but half a second to draw the piston back, it's still not five times faster than any other piston filler. That's my first thing, right? My second thing is this. How many times have you been like, shit, I got to fill my pen, but I don't have three seconds to do it? I w or, or, you know, I wish I could shave off three seconds of filling my fountain pen. How many times have you been like, oh my God, I would love to use a fountain pen, but six seconds is no good. If they only knocked it down to three seconds, it would be great, right? Right. So the concept is cool as a gimmick. And yeah, like I said- Yeah, but that's the thing is that that's, you just said it right there. It's a, it's a novelty. And then uh, the, right. another thing I highlighted on this is that the fountain pen- holds only one milliliter of ink. That's barely more than a converter or a cartridge. Like, you know, couldn't they get that up to maybe like one and a half milliliters? You know, I just, I, I just mm. kind of feel that it's, that's really not a strong selling point. If you're going to tell me that it's got such a revolutionary filling mechanism, you could fill a vac filler for a lot more than one milliliter of ink for sure. Sure. Yeah. A hundred percent. So, it, and then here's the thing, the thing that you're highlighting right now. The fountain pen mm -hmm. fills with one turn. Where, where are you going? I was in the middle of reading One that. turn. Yeah, sorry. I, I, I brought it back. Okay. 
The fountain pen fills with one turn fast filler and holds up to one milliliter of ink. So the reason why that bothers me is it says it holds up to one milliliter of ink. It doesn't say it holds one milliliter of ink. That means depending on the viscosity of the ink or depending on whatever certain factors or it may hold less it may hold less than one milliliter milliliter of ink right mm-hmm. yeah that's it a lot of this stuff just gives me red flags and and definitely the the price being one of the biggest things because it just all of a sudden you've been it's like it's like let's say let's say twisby it's like twisby like they're highest price pen was the acrylic limited editions at like what 150 or something like that right i think they were just, just 100 it was yeah, like let's say low 100s and mm-hmm. and that was those were limited editions they were made of acrylic they were they have yovo or stainless steel nibs they're they're they were you know special and mm-hmm. and we get it but like let's say they all of a sudden decided we're going to make a thousand dollar pen like mm-hmm. that would blow the tops off of everybody who had previously bought like ecos and 580s and all of a sudden now this limited edition comes that's like whoa what what just happened here <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. it's like all of a sudden i was so eager to collect all of these pens and then it's like it's like you you price this pen way out of anybody you know any normal person's budget you know we're we're facing a recession here stock market took a hit again for like the what 80th day in a row like this month it feels like so yeah. it's like so you know? and, and then here's another thing staying with the pen it talks about the groundbreaking innovation in the world of instruments with regard to the novak underneath the bulb that says about nozak it says in 1931 conklin pen company introduced a revolutionary innovation that completely transformed the writing experience forever yada 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 then it goes down and it says that hold on stop moving it Unlike the ink sack, the piston filling system allowed larger ink capacity and a smoother filling experience. So the nature of this new 125 completely obliterates what made the Nozak, one of the qualities that made the Nozak favorable, which was a larger ink capacity, which this does not have. Now, say, going back to larger ink capacity, if you're looking at the word gauge, there's an ink window with the word gauge with little gauges for how many words you can write well like how many words is it like is it what does the gauge go up to like 10 to you know, 20 I mean, to can i can i can i move it to go take a look yeah, to see if we could, yeah. Is that okay because <laughs> yeah, it seems to me that being that it has it doesn't have a large ink capacity there can only be up to like what 100 words whereas the original cool. the oh, other each, so each numeral represents a thousand words and so there's seven numerals on there so seven thousand words you have okay so that's actually what is it more than the actual word gauge the ones that they made out of carbon fiber hold on let me let me let me see if i can find my well i can't there's so many over there i don't want to get up and look for it but the original word gauges they were though i think it goes up to a thousand wasn't it i i don't i don't remember yeah so you're telling me that one milliliter of ink up to one milliliter of ink is going to provide more words than the original word gauge all right i i mean i i I just uh, even even that aspect of it too it's like is somebody going to count to you know it's like you'd have to factor in the size of the words that are being written the nib size because the nib size is very important yeah if you pick a if you pick a broad nib you ain't getting as many words as somebody who's writing with an extra fine it's just not gonna happen um 
so it's like so it's like for for this to be accurate in any useful sense uh is is i mean but then again that's this that is also the word gauge of years past it's just more of a a novelty a, a, a kind of a shtick that conklin had incorporated from their past designs and it's a nod to the past okay i get that but when it's also being put together with this this fast fill system and the fact that it's being like remodeled out as like this super high tech looking uh crazy like you know aluminum with the with the metallic finish and everything i was just like it just seems so like just thrown together and just being like it's new and here's this giant price tag just to justify the collectability of it right so right you found, so you found I mean, your I work gauge you. yeah you can close the screen so i can show this on the screen so for everybody oh, okay. watching right so if everybody's watching you can see i'm holding up the word gauge stealth in blue with carbon fiber i was wrong so this actually measures words in in thousands so it goes up to five thousand so here's my thing if you're looking at this pen this provides an estimated of an estimation of about five thousand words now look at the width and look at the depth of the incapacity on this pen it's about i want to say what a half an inch i would say half an inch thick and the length is an inch thick that is certainly I don't have a, a syringe to measure it. Certainly more than one a milliliter milliard. of ink. Okay, I would feel that. I would feel that way. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm certain. I'm certain it's more than one milliliter of ink because if you just take a standard ink converter, okay, and compare it, a standard ink converter can hold yeah, about that's one a, milliliter. Yeah, that's right? a good comparison. Yeah. Right. So this is a standard ink converter holds about one milliliter of ink. You hold them next to each other. Yeah, it's a little bit longer, but the width is almost four times the width of mm -hmm. the standard ink converter. So this for sure, I mean, we, we didn't talk about this before the show, so I don't even know if I can, I can't even demonstrate it right now with an ink syringe. If I went into the cabinet behind me and got an ink syringe, I'm sure we could find, or, you know, the little vials that you send out. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sure, sure could... that I'm sure that you're going to be playing around with those volume measurements later. Right. So volume, volume wise, the word gauge stealth, is allegedly 5,000 words. And is there any way you can look up, you don't have to screen share it, but look up the volume of ink that the word gauge stealth had, maybe from past I archives can, or something I can like try that. to look it up. Because if this was more than a milliliter of ink in the word gauge stealth, and it's 5,000 words approximately, then how is one milliliter of ink gonna provide the same number of words? You know what I'm saying? Right. I'll see. So I'm not, I don't think that the people who designed this or did the marketing material, I don't believe that they are dishonest at all. I just think they're throwing arbitrary statistics and numbers out there without really considering how valid they are. But there's no malicious intent as far as I'm concerned. I don't think that they had the intent to deceive. I just think that they're throwing the, this information out there without verifying it. But then again, knowing Neve as I do, 
he's not one to just say, hey, let's say this, even though we don't know if it's true or not. So the truth is, I, I haven't verified or validated any information. I could be completely wrong. Mm. Actually, you know what? While you're looking that up, you know, I'm actually going to go and get an ink, ink syringe. Oh, see, I, I knew you couldn't help yourself. Just couldn't help yourself. I'm trying to look it up. I, I'm not finding any information to see what the capacity was on the word gauge. Um, but I mean, like, like you said, just looking at it and comparing it with a standard converter, I have to believe that it's more than one milliliter yeah, capacity. I'm, I'm certain it is. So I'm using one of the, the ink vials that I got from, from ink journal and it's almost empty. It had some J Herbon ink in it, but I'm just going to, I'm going to fill it with a cup of Poland spring water all the way to the top. Okay. So if anybody is not watching, I just filled up this ink vial all the it way. It looks to the... like you're about to turn from Dr. Jekyll into Mr. Hyde. You're going to take yeah. that vial. Actually. Yeah. I don't want to actually ink this pen up. So I'm going to actually dump this and get some clear water into it. But the point is I want to see what the ink capacity is on, on the original word gauge. Okay. See how many milliliters it is and then compare it. Oh, Oh my goodness, I filled it too much. And then I want to compare it <laughs> to the stats that, look at this. Oh my goodness, I'm going to make a mess here. Oh, okay. Okay, so look, I have a filled ink vial filled with tinted water. Now and it I'm looks like take... pee. Yeah, it looks like pee. You did you did lower it be below the camera line, so I couldn't see what you were doing there, if you okay. were doing anything in your lap. So, so I'm, I don't I'm know holding, what's going on there. I'm holding up the, both the pen. And okay. I got to dump some out because I don't want to spill any on my desk. So Oh, yeah, you will spill it because you had it all the way up to the top. I was yeah, going to say so something. It's three quarters filled. So this is at mm -hmm. just under five. This is just under five milliliters what I'm holding up right now. Okay, so I'm going to dip the Conklin nose. At oh, I spilled it. I'm, I'm <laughs> dipping the – this is what I do for science. So I'm filling up right now on screen. I filled up about three quarters of the Conklin – word gauge stealth, right? That's the first okay. fill. So right now it's at 4,000 words. I didn't fill it all the way. And the reason why is just because I don't want to have to actuate it twice. It's not easy to twist the piston knob on these, these pens. I believe that they were made by stipula. I have my paper towel. So now I'm going to completely empty the ink vial that I was using to fill the word gauge. So we have a, a, an empty ink vial. I'm even going to run a paper towel through it just to make sure that there's the extra drops don't add or change the capacity. So you're going to drop you're going to drop the what you sucked up into the word gauge back into the empty vial right. to see how much was in the See pen. how many. So let's see how many when this is so it's 4 fifths filled. I'm holding it up and not in front of the camera. It's 4 fifths okay. filled, okay? Let's okay. see how many milliliters this is. For those just, at home that's 80%. Right. So it's 4 fifths. Right. So I know math. You got some good of it math. sometimes. Okay, I got some. Math. So I, four fifths of it fills it to. Hold on, the sticker is blocking my view. It's just a little bit over one and a half milliliters. Okay. Okay. Four fifths. So now we got to do it again. Now we got to do it again, and I'll tell you why. Because we need okay. a full fill. We need a full we need fill. A full fill. I wonder but still, if... though, if you're at a, if you're at a mill and a half, you've beaten mm -hmm. 
the supposed incapacity of this 125th we anniversary. Have. We have. Conklin. Right. So we have. So I'm going to do it twice so I can get a full, complete fill. So I'm going to back down to push out the air. Yeah, now I'm push refilling it. Pushing it. Fill that. Fill, fill it. that. <laughs> fill it. Okay. So now it's just, it's about, it's about 90% full. I can't, it's, it's, it's about the same. I can't seem to get out the air bubble. All right. So if I hold the pen upside down, it's full, right? You see that it's full. Mm-hmm. All right. Now you, I think dump. you did better than you did last time. Yeah. So now I'm going to empty the pen back into the, back into the, the vial. Okay. Be sure to shake it off after you're done. Shake it off. There you okay, go. Okay. So now I emptied it. It was about 90% full. And we are at one and three quarters of a milliliter in the word gauge stealth, which provides about 5,000 words. It's measured. So you're telling me you get 5,000 words from up to one milliliter. So this goes back to what I was saying. I don't think that they intentionally had intent to deceive or say anything dishonest. I just think they started throwing numbers out there for marketing purposes, but it's just not accurate. Yeah. But the thing is like at this point though, especially when you're, trying to sell people on a very very dearly priced limited edition that is super special very limited and has a whole bunch of supposedly new stuff technology about it you know you want to be able to entice people but you also want to get your facts right right you know i don't think that they i don't think that they got the facts right i really don't it's just too it's it's just too off. I got to put this on the floor so I don't accidentally drink it. I used to do that. I used to clean my pens out with a coffee mug and then I would wait until the the fluid gets really dark. And then I would actually drink coffee and sip the wrong one. I don't want that to happen. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah, I I hear your rant. I hear your your bitching and moaning and it's very valid. <laughs> it's a, it really is. Like it's a how much is the pen? $1200? Yeah, twelve hundred fifty, I think twelve fifty something. So like that. they're they're pricing it so that it's the number one two five is. Oh, clever! I see that. With, yeah, but they could have priced it at maybe like a hundred and twenty five dollars, and still had probably been more successful with it if it just maybe came with a steel nib and like instead of having a reinventing the wheel with some sort of fast fill system, could have just put a vacuum filler on it. So listen, I I never knock the attempt for innovation. I think that trying and failing at innovation is the key to innovation. It is what it is. I think that the gripe that I have with it, uh, I have a few. <laughs> like one no, I really them. do. Yeah, one of them is the price doesn't belong in the field of Conklin. Okay, because the last time they tried something like this, it was the Conklin Crescent Filler Sterling Silver Edition with the gold flex nib. And those were $700, I believe, or $600, $700. And they didn't sell well. And eventually, everybody had to price them down to $300. And it hung around for a, a good while still. So what they didn't have on their side at the time, though, was Dante Del Vecchio. Now, Dante Del Vecchio is a brilliant designer and the reason why he's a brilliant designer is because he tries things that maybe other people aren't willing to try. He takes risks 
for the sake of innovation. And I, I thoroughly appreciate that. Whether it fails or is successful, it's still the same to me in terms of I appreciate the fact that he attempts it. He has the courage and he has the cojones to try. So I won't knock the attempted innovation. What I will knock is I need to know where the cost is. And based on the fact that it's 125th anniversary and the price is 1250, I'm feeling like the cost is just the cost because it lines up with the anniversary number. They could have priced it half the price, still made money on it possibly, and maybe it would have done better. It would have had a better chance. Now, not knocking the Conklin brand, but the Conklin brand, it doesn't it doesn't hold its weight against a price tag of $1,250. It's kind of like, would you pay $300,000 for a Rolls Royce with souped up features versus a Ford with the same amount of features at the same price? You know what I'm saying? So this is where marketing and name value comes in where, like I said before, this pen certainly looks like it could be a Paniter. If this were a Paniter, no one would say boo about it, even with all the features and all that stuff. Let's say it was an, a Yaffa Brands exclusive Paniter, then it would make better sense than if it's a Conklin that comes out at $1,250. That's my opinion, just based on the limited knowledge. Now, again, like I say, limited knowledge, we don't know everything about this pen. We may very well get this pen in our hand and be like, holy shit, this is the most amazing thing I ever touched in my entire life. This new material where they injection mold metal with resin and burn off the resin and then leave the cast of the pen with metal is awesome. It's just so amazing. This looks like alien technology. It's the most amazing thing ever. And, and we may very well say this is certainly worth $1,250, most likely not, but we may. We don't have it. We don't, we didn't write with it. And as far as I can tell, it's a Yovo flex nib, the one that I saw in the video, but it's not the Yovo semi-flex nib that we're familiar with when we see Edison flex nibs and the... Yeah, the, the other, the stock Yovo right, flex the stock nib. Flex this is the OmniFlex version. So right, it's got so, different cutouts. Right. From that video, you took it down, but I remember seeing a different feed than the cheapy plastic feed. It almost looks like a Bach feed, but that can't be true. So if it's not a Bach feed and it's a Yovo okay. nib in a, what I would it assume does, is, It does look like it's, yeah, it definitely looks like a Bach feed. So it looks like a Bach feed, but it's on a, with a Yovo nib. So I don't know what's going on there. Maybe there's they a, customize there's feeds. There's a meeting of, of the worlds, like the, or collision, a collision of worlds happening right now. Right. It's, <laughs> so are we talking about a box housing with a Bach feed with a Yovo nib? I, I have no idea, but the, this feels all sorts of wrong to me. <laughs> right. So, I mean, there's a lot of variables there that, listen, we're shooting down the pen. We haven't got the pen in our hand. Well, and... I'm not necessarily saying, I'm not saying shooting it down. I'm just saying I have, I have lots of problems. I have, I, it, it scares me. I have it, it's it's sending up a lot of red flags. It could, like you said, it could be a great thing, but from what I've seen so far, it looks like it's a disaster, like a very expensive disaster. That if I were a pen collector, 
Or if I were somebody who purchased very expensive pens, like, let's say, a Namiki or limited editions and things in that $1,000 price range, I would look at this and say, not $1,000. Right. Heck no. Definitely, I would would rather buy a Visconti limited edition with a tried and true power filling mechanism that will fill up in one stroke and get me a gold nib that way versus mm-hmm. whatever it is that's going on here sure. with counting of the thousands of the words and the one milliliter little tiny ink capacity and the supposedly one turn filling mechanism that as according to that Instagram video that you saw was not taking one turn to activate right. it. <laughs> so. so like the devils of the details and the, the details are what's bothering me. Before we Mm -hmm. even get into the cost, because before me as a consumer, and the perspective might be slightly different for you as a retailer, but for me as the consumer, before the cost even becomes something that I have to even contend with, the details are what I'm going to be looking at first. And the page has been taken down, so I'm going to have to go off memory. But the thing that bothered me, I think what I said was the whole five times faster thing bothers me. Because if I have to actuate the piston to bring it all the way to the top anyway, that's that can't possibly make it – like if it was just one twist and it did the whole process of filling the pen, then I could talk about five times faster. So based on what I'm seeing alone, and being that I haven't hold it, I can't really say that I'm right. It doesn't seem like five times faster. And if they're going to make a claim like five times faster, they definitely need to demonstrate something that is clearly five times faster. Right. Okay. Like even if I gave you a Visconti power filler on the Homo sapien, how do we know that that's five times faster than a piston filler? Right. When you say stuff like that and you use metrics like that, you got to provide people with the confidence by backing it up. Like time it, do something. Show a video of them side by side if you're not going to go real nitpicky with with a stopwatch. But do something more than just say it, okay? And then in the video, if they're twisting it in one direction to get the piston to go up, why leave out the most important part? And this is like, like see I said. how I'm, it fills, yeah. Right. Why leave out the part that – the one twist that makes it fill? I – I, I don't understand it unless I, I don't understand it. Why, why leave that part out? The one part that makes it innovative. But, and like I said, if the innovation is an idea that doesn't succeed, I don't knock the attempted innovation, but why not demonstrate that very thing? That's, that's what Dante Del Vecchio is known for. You're advertising the innovation, but you just don't show it. Right. Right. And the twisting that they do do that sh- shows the piston moving up isn't the innovation. It can't be because there's, there's what, three or four turns? There was multiple. And you could actually see the piston advancing in right. increments as though as turn. you're turning it as you would normally turn any other piston mechanism. Right. So like I said, the, the only thing I can think of is as you turn it counterclockwise, the piston goes up. It catches every time you turn. And then you turn it once to the right clockwise and it releases a catch and there's a spring load in there that causes the piston just to fly straight back and causing mm-hmm. suction that draws it up. I I mean I don't I don't see it. I don't I don't see what what the objective of that 
social media video was if you're not going to show the innovation right unless their their angle was if they really want to see it they have to buy it i don't think that would be the angle that's no, a terrible it's going to be like oh you know what i got because that thousand dollars i just had like laying around right like, just, you know yeah, just, there, there yeah, are people who look up reviews on the taste of a snack before they buy it because they don't want to invest in a snack Mm-hmm. without knowing something about it. So I, I don't you know, think that, that part, that part actually kills me about the internet in general now mm-hmm. is that there's that little thought that goes in the back of my head when I'm trying something new that I'm like, Oh, I should look up reviews on X product, even though it's just kind of like, well, you should just, just try it because it's like, it's going to, but the thing is like now you're so hardwired into being like, I need to know, what this is like before I get into it, if it's worth my time or, and it's just like, it's just such a, it's, it's always in the back of my head now. Yeah. And it's fair too, because the market is flooded with more stuff and there's too many variations of the same thing. So like if you're going to buy a product and there's 10 different other brands that sell the same product, you're going to want to know when you spend your money, because they're all within the same price, which one is more worth the money that you're spending. Yeah. So I don't blame people for that. And I certainly wouldn't say to somebody that they, they're wasting time in, in searching. I think like everybody, everybody does that. And like you said, it's in the back of your mind. So your instinct is to do it also, because ultimately yeah. you, you don't want to waste money. Right. Well, so yeah. And too, is that you don't want to be, you don't want to be a sucker and then buy the, let's say the more expensive thing when there was something like a fifth of the price that sure. could have just done the same job. Yeah, 100%. And that's why I think it's essential for people to know what it is that they're buying. And the way to do it is now the modern technology, YouTube reviews and podcasts and Instagram posts that are easily even even getting to the point that you start to review things that are free too. Mm -hmm. like, let's say for podcasts, if I if I was getting into a podcast, like I would want to know if that podcast is going to be worth the like hour or so of listening to it, if, if the people on there are credible or not, or if they're just right. So you know. that's also important. You may not be spending money, but you're investing your time. And nowadays, everything is so fast paced. Time is money. Yeah. Or time is Absolutely. time away. From, time spent spent watching a one hour podcast or listening to a one hour podcast is an hour away from your family or an hour away from being productive. So they're We're sacrificing. Gonna be losing so many subscribers with this. Episode. <laughs> they're going to be like, well, you know what? He's right. Like, I'm not listening to this nonsense anymore. I've just reevaluated my life, and I right. don't need the Pentertainment podcast. <laughs> that's that's not true. They need the Pentertainment podcast because they get entertained. So I mean, well, I, thank you, everybody. We just saved you twelve hundred and fifty dollars today. Just I honestly you know. don't think that anybody was saved today because I honestly don't think anybody would actually have gone and bought it. I mean, I really don't like as mean as it sounds. I think the people that are going to buy this product are going to be probably maybe the less informed, but it's also a, a catch 22 because the less informed wouldn't know about Conklin maybe so much. I don't know. But like I said, if this pen was branded a Paniter, we wouldn't be talking about this. The fact that it's a Conklin is why we're talking about it, right? You're not going to go, you're not going to go into a Ford dealer and spend $300,000 on a Ford. Mm-hmm. And in the same well, way, well, mostly, gonna... and then and then the the filling thing too. A filling thing bothers me, They're right? Just, the filling it, thing bothers you, but yeah. Paniter fillings, Paniter gimmicks have bothered you before, but not mm-hmm. to this extent, as far as I can see. The mystery filler still bothers me. The mystery filler still bothers you. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but the thing is, we didn't discuss it 
in such detail like we did with this. I feel like this bothers you more because the cost, the concept is all attached to a brand that hasn't gone to this extent when it comes to price before. And I think it touches home to you a little more because you do business with this brand. You do business with the people behind the brand and you have to engage with them about it. Whereas people like me who are just consumers, we look at that, we're like, huh, fuck that. And then we don't have to buy well, it. I'm, I'm purely in this conversation wearing the consumer hat at this point. Oh, okay. uh, I mean, I, I've, I've already forsaken the idea, uh, you know, there's there, uh, like of, of, of like, let's say stocking or being anywhere near this thing. I'm just mm -hmm. like, mm, no, it's not happening. But right. But like, but like in terms of in the consumer's point of view, I always like try to walk in, in those shoes first mm -hmm. and foremost. And as a pen connoisseur, pen enthusiast, whatever, it, it, there's, there's things that trouble me about this so deeply that I just felt it was necessary to talk about it. So, yeah, I mean, you know, what sucks is listen, we're just being honest about what we think about what we see so far and what we see so far is limited. And it's limited, not because we are being limited by our personalities or ideologies or opinions, but we're limited by what we've been given. So the reason I'm saying this is because I, I adore Yair, Yair. I adore Neve and Kenny Jones is an awesome dude. I love all the people at Yaffa Brands. And I do have concerns that when they hear something like this, they're going to be deeply offended or hurt and stuff like that. But my thing is, and it's always been my problem, is I say the truth. I say what I think. I don't always just blurt out what I think unfiltered, right? So like if I see somebody on the street acting like an asshole, I'm not going to just walk up to him and call him an asshole. But I'll tell someone he's acting like an asshole. In the same vein, I'm just talking about this pen based solely on what we've been provided and allowed to have been privy to, right? Mm -hmm. I honestly think that it's a fair perspective. I think we're being fair about it because we weren't provided the pen to talk about it. And even if we were, everybody who's gonna buy it has only us to rely on to make that decision on whether it's worth it or not. And that to me is not enough. I so you're saying that not only should the Pentertainment Podcast receive a complimentary pen, <laughs> but that other reviewers should also receive complimentary pens no. of this caliber. I'm saying that to when you review and no, discuss I'm about its finer points. When it comes to a pen like this, there are other $1,200 pens out there. But when it comes to like this, I think that people will perceive it as a higher risk than they would if it were a Visconti or a Paniter. And mm -hmm. that's the impression I'm getting from you. And that's just because of the history of the brand. Always touting inexpensive, always touting quality and value driven. value. Yeah. But now they're doing something that is just the complete and total opposite. And secondly, there's issues when it comes to quality control with Conklin that many people have talked about. Are they, are they going to take the risk on something like this when they have those concerns about the name? of the brand? I don't think so. So I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings and I don't want the people at Yaffa to think I'm attacking them. I'm not. I am looking at what was given to us in terms of information 
And I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that they'll, if they do listen to this, that they will use this in a positive way to then better, you know, pre, you know, better, better showcase this product for what it is. Because if it, if we are short selling it, if we are not representing it the way that they wanted to see that vision, this is what two pen enthusiasts see, and this is what they are reacting to. Right. This is we're not giving our you know, subjective feelings about this because we have our own misgivings about somebody or other pens or whatever. Right. This is what we see from our perspective as a, as somebody who, you know, would, would let's say one day be willing to drop a significant amount of money on a pen. That's would, exactly, that's exactly my point. We are, we are giving our thoughts and we're being as fair as we can with what was given to us. If they think that our opinions and our thoughts about it are short selling or what you said, selling it short, mm -hmm. it's only being sold short because they sold it short. Yeah, they, they talk could do about, better on right. how to present it. That's all. Right. They talk about things that are inaccurate. So I can't align one milliliter of ink with 5,000 words when almost two milliliters of ink is also 5,000 words. Now, granted, I'm forgetting about the fact that different nib sizes changes, the amount of ink put down and all that stuff. We're just talking about a gross estimation. And the gross estimation, as gross as it may be, can't be the same for two ink capacities, one that's almost twice as large as the other one, right? Right. So my point was, as much as we're selling it short, we're selling it short with the perspective of being analytical with the information that was provided to us, right? So we're reading into this information very carefully, well, as carefully as we can, or as carefully as I can upon seeing it for the first time today, tonight. That's the first time I've seen it. And those little aspects, I'm sure if I look at it more, war will jump out at me. But the ones that jumped out at me the most was five times faster, it's not five times faster. Then there's the ink capacity. Then there's the video that shows multiple turns to actuate the piston and put it all the way to the top. And then if I'm right, and one turn will cause it to retract like Wolverine's claw and suck in ink, why did they leave that out? Yes. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. Why do you the most satisfying it? part about filling the pen? That's like, right. that's like when you, when you see videos of people filling up the vac fills, it's all about that release. That snap. When... It's about the sudden fill. Yeah. Atlas Stationer does that. it all the time. Our good friend Brendan from Atlas Stationer does it all the time. He'll just, yep. and it's so satisfying to watch. I don't know. Don't what the rob deal us is. of that. If you're gonna right. if you're gonna sell a twelve hundred and fifty dollar pen, don't rob us of the reason why it's being sold as a twelve hundred. So that's another. That's that's the other thing that bothers me. Why is it twelve hundred and fifty dollars from everything that I can see, other than the fact that I mean, yes, at first I was thinking, oh, it's because Dante designed it, and you know he comes with a high price tag with whatever he touches, and that's fine. Just like Giorgio Armani comes with the heights for high price tag, whatever he touches, it's fine. Right. So I was thinking that I was thinking maybe it's because of the molding of the material. Maybe it's that maybe it's because of the design of the piston filler. Maybe they had to make new machines to do that. Maybe it's that. But then I'm looking at the name of the pen and the name of the pen is 125. It's 125th year anniversary. And then your price is $1,250. 1250. 
So to me, it's <laughs> you, you got a hard sell. I'm telling you, you got a hard sell. Yeah, you have a gold nib. Yeah, you have a cool piston filling mechanism. You have cool material. The design looks really futuristic and looks like alien technology. That's great. But what's really kind of bothering me is, will I be paying twelve fifty because the numbers one two five are the forefront running numbers of the price tag? That can't be the reason for me. That will always be stuck in my head. And they need to come out and say something about how the reason why the price is what it is is not because it's one hundred and twenty five. The name is 125 and then 125 is in the price. That seems like if that manipulated or if that influenced the price, that is a poor way to come up with a price. If they can turn around and say, hey, we had to do research and development for making machines to produce these new piston fillings. You got the gold nib. We have this new technology that we injection mold the metal. Great. Say those things. Even the feed looks different. Maybe it's not a Bach feed. Maybe they had to mold their own new feed so that the flex nib works way better. Say that. Say all those things that are important that makes a person in, in during an economic crisis want to spend $1,250. But right now it's kind of, I don't get it. I don't get it. It's like I walk into a steakhouse. and As you often do. As I often do. <laughs> And they're telling me a steak is $350, but they're not telling me why it's $350. All they're saying is it's really good. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if it's it worth has the new beef technology. <laughs> right. right. It we fills you up co- five times faster, boy. Right. And like, we have a new cooking technology that renders the fat and makes it taste super duper good. And then they show you pictures of the raw meat. They show you throwing it onto the stove. And they cut the video at that point in time. They don't show you how mm. it's cooked. It's kind of like, I don't know. I, 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 so I understand why before, while we were in the green room, while you were saying you're going to go off on a rant. I think I might have hijacked your rant. I apologize for that. But you know me. I'm analytical okay. with little details. And those ones jumped out at me. And, oh, the, the last thing that bothered me is they combined Nozak with the word gauge. So we already talked about the word gauge and how that – in its description is kind of just fell on its face with in combination with the ink capacity being up to one milliliter that bothers me also up to one milliliter but then they go on to talk about the word gauge and talk about how the word gauge was capable of having such a much larger ink capacity and in the paragraph right above they say it in not so many words this new pen does not have a large ink capacity i mean you know what i mean like (laughs) There's so many things wrong with the marketing material and the price. I don't know how they're going to fix that. I don't know. Well, I don't think this is going to be flying off the They could take some of the feedback that we've they could take some of the feedback that we've been putting together. Maybe they they reintroduce it. You know, they could because I mean I don't think anybody has this pen right now at the moment. So, you know, maybe they have a, a shot at being able to relaunch this or to at least like kind of frame it differently. For me to buy into this, not only do you have to reintroduce it, you have to remarket it, you have to be very clear, and you have to be very, very, I say, intentional with the information. You have to be accurate with the information, and then you got to bring the price way down, and then you'll have more of my buy-in. As it stands right now, we have too little information at too high of a cost. And that information that is little 
there's just too many inaccuracies or things that are inconsistent. Or it I don't seems need contradictory. Have, right. I don't need to have the pen to know that those are that information is not correct, just based on what I've seen. You know what I'm saying? And if I'm wrong, prove me wrong. If I'm wrong, and you you know me, Tom. If I think something and I turn out to be wrong, I'm the first person to admit that I'm a dumbass. And I will say I was wrong. You were right. So prove me wrong. I'll be the first person to, to say it. But until you do, this is what I think. But listen, yeah. having said that, I have to, I've had to pee for like the last 30 minutes and I've been holding oh, it in. Oh, jeez. You know, this right. is over an hour already. I did yeah, not even we had realize that. <laughs> yeah, holy cow. This this went really quick. And, and I got to be up at 4 in the morning and it's 9.15. Oh, nice. Right. So anyway, l- listen, I really want to hear everybody's opinions and I want to hear everybody's thoughts. I want everybody to go look up this Conklin 125th anniversary fountain pen. We I may be giving them some it. inadvertent, like, major advertising right now because that's all we've talked about for the last, like, 40 minutes. <laughs> right. I want you guys to go and look it up. And I want you to write into pentertainmentpodcast at gmail.com and give us your opinions. I really want to know. I really think that it will be helpful if those in power at Yaffa hear your voice and ours. So having said that, thanks again for listening. Love you guys. Be well. Be safe. Stay inky.